0: Welcome to another Eastminster Students podcast. We have a special guest on our podcast this morning. It's nine o'clock on a Tuesday morning. How are you doing, Joe? I'm,
1: I'm doing fine. How are you, Mike?
0: Good. Here we have Pastor Joe Skillen. Yeah, it's good to be here. Yeah, it's really good to have you. We're gonna we just finished up our series on cell phones, so we're gonna take
1: this episode to just get to know you a little bit. Sounds good. I enjoyed uh, your your series on cell phones. Um, I I have never done TikTok. Um, Should I? <laughs> <laughs> don't. Oh, am I missing don't. out? Okay. Yeah, I would just say don't. Okay. Yeah, but uh, okay. it's All up right. to you. It's up All to you. You've got...
0: Tell us a little bit about who you are, who you, uh, sure. your family. Sure.
1: Yeah. So I've been married to Ginger, my wife. It'll be 15 years in April mm-hmm. of 2020 here. And we have two kids. Avery, our daughter, is 10 and a half. She'll be 11 in May. And our son, Ezra, is eight. He'll be nine in October. Uh, we are from Wichita, and we've been gone. Uh, we went and uh, pastored on a staff in Atlanta, Georgia, Peachtree Presbyterian Church, and then did a little stop in Memphis as well at a church, Advent Presbyterian Church. Great churches, great people, and um, but we, when we had the opportunity to come back home, join the Eastminster team, uh, it was. Can resist, so we're here and been on staff for a couple weeks now at the time of this recording and enjoying it. So nice. uh, and that's good. I, I feel like I've arrived since I'm now getting on the student podcast, so you I, know, it's just all downhill from here. That's the dream. That's the dream. <laughs> uh, good, yes. good. Um,
0: so tell us a little bit about your role at Eastminster. It's yeah. still being formed, Yeah. Um, but what are where do you have your...
1: Yeah, you know, so I joined the pastoral team, there's four of us on uh, staff who are... Uh, ordained pastors, a couple others who are under care. So I'll do, uh, you know, service liturgy. I'll preach every now and again. I'll um, answer pastoral calls, um, whatever that shapes into. But the particular area of the church that I'll work with is young adults, which is a vague uh, Mm. part of the church. But it's usually post-college and before someone starts a family. That's the the bookends. I tend to find that people self-select in and out of young adult ministry. So I think you come out of student ministry, go away to college, you're still more affiliated with student ministry. But when you would like to, you know, work, you know, be with other working professionals, you start showing up to young adult life. And then after you get like a kid or two around, you start hauling those kids to group gatherings where nobody else has kids. Yeah. You look at your spouse and you go, I think it's time for us to do something else with our uh, yep. own. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I remember life those exact
0: <laughs> moments. Yes. Uh yeah. showing up to a like a Christmas gathering or or no or it was a Halloween party with our kids. No one else had kids and we we're like
1: we can't do this anymore. Yeah, you can like make a part of your like uh Halloween outfit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like one time and then you're like, eh, it's time to do yeah. something else. So oh, that's funny. So that'll be uh what we look at. So that'll be like their groups, their events, their you know, missions, trips and and things like that. So I'm starting to get my arms around this rather large group of young adults that we have at Eastminster, you know, who's, those who come out of uh, yours and, and Matt's ministry. Yeah. They've either gone to college, come back or they're here going to college and they'd like to continue to be at Eastminster and do stuff. So we're starting to get a strategy for that group of people. Nice. Yeah.
0: Nice. That's exciting. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts then on, you know, um, when you talk about young adults and that, you know, umbrella, what, what are the, uh, the things that you would hope to communicate to them? What, what are they, what are young adults facing in today's yeah. world that yeah. um, the church has a unique voice in? Yeah,
1: I mean, that's a, that's a great question. It's, it's maybe a complicated answer, <laughs> but that's okay. I think, cause I'm, I mean, I'm not far from young adult life. And so there's obviously some things that I personally experienced during my young adult years that I felt like just were like, you know, generally applied about everybody else in my, who I had peers in that part of life. I think the world's changed even since I've been a young adult, so I'm trying to, when I meet with young adults, I'm trying to say, hey, like, what is, uh, wh- how can the church help you the most? I think that that is uh, a philosophy shift that I've ha- received recently, sure. is instead of looking at the church as the hero, look mm. at like the people in the church as a hero, and I'm like, and you and I, like, for, you know, youth ministry, young adults, or just anybody out there, you and I are like, uh, I don't know, the Gandalf or, like, the Yoda. that yeah. just comes alongside them and say, like, let me help you with this thing. Like, this seems to be a challenge you're facing. Let me help you. And it's kind yeah. of a hero's journey arc that we see in stories. And so I'm starting to try to get my arms wrapped around that. I think uh, young adults deal with uh, relationship stuff. Uh, they like to, you know, be in a relationship. Or how to be a better friend when – I just feel like when you were in college, you could, like, if you shared a class with somebody, you could become good friends. But, man, it's, like, harder to be friends the older you get uh, with people. And so I think uh, just friendship, relationship issues. I think also uh, marital issues. I think also, like, this is the first time that you're, like, making money for yourself and have to pay bills. And so how do you, like, do a budget thing? And am I doing the thing that God wants me to do? Or am I just, like, paying the bills? So I think there's, like, a vocational struggle um, I think too, like this is uh, for a lot of us. It was the first time that we took a hold of our faith as our own. I think maybe mm. through student ministry years, yeah, we were going to trips and we were, you know, going to retreats and stuff. We were considering things on our own, but I think in the background is like, okay, I'm doing this for like my friends, or I'm doing this because or my family, right, you know. And right. so, but like in your young adult years, like the fences are down. Like no one's asking you to go to church. Like you're kind of going sure. on your own. And so, I think helping s- sort through. Our faith experience, our friends who don't have the same faith that we do. Like, how do we, how do we assimilate all that? Like, how do yep. we figure all that out? And so, I think that that is a piece of our strategy as well. Is how do I make this thing my own wow. uh, for the long haul? I read a book uh, called Range by a guy named I think Epstein's is last name Epstein Epstein, and he had more like just like how do uh, people have like a long sustained career. But one of the things I'm dealing with in the back of my head is how do we help people have like a long-range um, long experience in their faith, and not just like a short-lived experience like in one part of the life. Because like there are people at Eastminster, there are people in our lives who they've been involved in the church a long, long time and never got old and boring. They never got irrelevant. Like they were always right. dialed in. And so I'm, I'm starting to think of like what are the certain components of a believer's life that gives them range? Uh, further. Mm. And I think you have to start, you build that in youth ministry. I think you also yeah. build that in young adult ministry. Oh, wow. Uh, because at least in our uh, Presbyterian environment, uh, people become deacons and elders. And sometimes I think we think that that's down the way down the road. Right. But what I love about Eastminster, and this, this happened just this last weekend, according uh, to the time of this recording, like there were some young faces in deacons and in elders. Yep. We yep. felt like they are ready to lead in this church. And so how do you help someone who just graduated from college be equipped for that role in the yeah. life of our church. And so there's some certain things that go on uh, that we've got to help uh, build into our young adult environment so that people are eager to lead in this church, not just attend this church. Nice. So those are, that's just kind of a pile yeah, of things. That's good. There yeah, right well, yeah.
0: giving it some thought already. That's, yeah. that's good. We're excited to, yeah. just to see what you come up with. Sure, sure. That. Um, so we, we are, uh, you know, Primarily, we talk about just students, and I, I think the young adult conversation absolutely applies. We've got a lot yeah. of parents with multiple ages oh, yeah. of kids and stuff. But what would you—let's uh, let's put you on the spot here, okay? You've got nice. two, minutes two minutes to okay. share. If you're talking to a parent of, of someone who's trying to raise their kids in the church yeah. and to um, teach them their faith, to um, just develop, you know— Godly young people and people, and eventually who who uh, leave the house and, and, like you said, move in, and develop range, or, or so to yeah, speak. Yeah. I mean, what's your? Because you have kids, you've got a yeah. you know fifth grader and second grader, yeah, fifth and second grade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. you're right there, yeah, right? Yeah, um. Yeah. What would what would you say?
1: Yeah. I, so there's a, a quotation from a guy named Carl Rahner. He's a Catholic theologian. But he said he saw the church going from like this institution in the middle of American society going to the fringe, and he's got this great quote to describe what that might mean for churches. He said, "In the days to come, a Christian is either going to be a mystic or an unbeliever." Hmm. So what he's saying is this: like if the church is not a center of society institution that people are counting on, but it's like moving to the fringe, then less and less people uh, may blush about not showing up, or more and more people are not going to blush for not showing up, right? And so he's like, there's coming a day when you have to have an internal resolve on your own, not leaning on these institutions to develop your faith. You're either going to be a mystic. A mystic, that sounds like an airy word, but just someone who has a deep, personal walk with God, Mm -hmm. who prays and hears God and stuff. So I've just dialed it back. So we can't do everything by the time our kids are 18. So what I've asked Ginger and I to consider, and this is something we've come up with, is... By the time they're 18, I think we want to teach our kids how to love God, love neighbor, love self. That's the great commandment. And then what I've been uh, dealing with lately is just I want to try to teach my kids how to hear from God. Like if I can give them a framework or experiences or just some wisdom and how as they approach God with any issue, any mm-hmm. decision, that they can have a confidence that they are attempting to hear from God. I think that's a great checkpoint. Sure. By the age of 18, because that's when you start picking up these major decisions in life and regret gets real. Like it's not just poetic regret, but real regret happens in your late twenties and early thirties. You're like, I wish I would have made this decision instead of this decision. And a lot of that comes back to hearing from God. I've recognized uh, recently, like it's hard to hear from God. And so I'm, I'm devoting 2020 to two things for my own personal life. Learn how to hear from God and learn how to persuade people uh, in a more generous way. Like if I mm. feel like I could do those things and hopefully teach other people those things, I think we have a pretty uh, fun and influential walk with God. Wow. So I'm just doubling down on trying to hear from God and then how to you know persuade people to hear from God too.
0: That's great. So that's, that's hey, basically That's yeah. good. Yeah. That's good. We uh, we did just follow or just finished a series on cell phones, which, hey, thanks for listening. Yeah, no um, problem. Yeah. But uh, quick uh, quick thoughts on... Cell phones, social media. Do, you, do your kids have cell phones? Are you guys going to sure. do that? Have
1: talked about sure. it? Sure. We're going to sandbag it a little bit. So Ginger uh, homeschools our kids. And so she's like constantly looking out there. And Ginger's an educator. she got an education degree. So she knows like moral and cognitive development. Um, we are always with each other. And so I think... Cell phones are vital if the family scatters every morning. Like, mom, dad go to work, kids go to different schools. Uh, my sisters who are younger than me, they got cell phones early because there was a time where, like, uh, information wasn't conveyed, sisters were left at school. Yeah. And, and that's and pa- traumatic, that's, right? That's panic. Yeah. So, what we, uh, what we have given our kids is this thing called a relay, which is a screenless cell phone. It's just basically like a walkie talkie. It's nice. a $10 a month cell plan. Where they can just do like a little, and there's an app that Ginger and I use. So we're mm-hmm. like, they can communicate with us that way. But we're around each other all the time. So it's not necessary for us. I'll confess to you that I'm on my phone probably more than I should. <laughs> and I want to admit, uh, a lot of it is just kind of keep up with the steady stream of what's going on in culture, what's going on in the news, what's going on in sports, keeping up with friends. Uh, we've just moved. Uh, and so like trying to keep up with friends that you have back in these, you know, different places you lived. I feel like I'm on it more. I would like to you know, peel it back myself. And I there's a, a book out there called Digital Minimalism that is, I highly recommend. And the basic thesis is that we need to go through periods of time where we get rid of, like we minimalize again and only take the things back that are useful. The Amish do this. They don't just, they don't embrace every technology out there. They see its utility first True. before they add it in. And so I think that in a general rule of thumb, if we could just give some serious thought about what tech we get, how we use it, um, and have a family meeting about it. Let everybody contribute. Yeah, um, I've got a good good friends out there, Todd and Beverly Sandell. Uh, they do great stuff with families, and they call themselves like they're the Sandell family. Is like you're a citizen of this family, and so they have family meetings and stuff, and they work on that stuff together. So what wow. they've decided for their family is they put their cell phones in a drawer when they get home every day after school. It's because everyone that you need to contact is in this house. Yeah, yeah and they can, and someone can call our house phone if they want to talk to you, you know, like the good old days and stuff. So that's just what their family's done. Other families are different. I think we have to like have a thorough conversation, let everybody participate in the household about it. And then don't be afraid to monitor our kids. I think we don't want to be the parent that's a helicopter parent that bosses our kids. I think it would be a terrifying thing for Avery or Ezra to say to me or Ginger, I and mean, you guys were really stifling when we were growing up. Like, I don't want to be called, you know, that um, parent who is like so strict that the kids couldn't <laughs> yeah. live and breathe and play. And so there's a neat balance there. I think between like all, you know, everything's open to everything's controlled. So everyone has their own opinions. Everyone has their own, um, I guess their own, uh, leash that they want to give to their kids and the uh, people in their household. So I, th- I think you have to have a thorough conversation. It's got to be, uh, founded and then everybody's got to play by those rules. So that's nice. Uh, yeah, that's that's what I good. Good yeah. thoughts. Good yeah. thoughts.
0: Well, yeah. uh, this is good, getting to know you a little bit and, and your thoughts. We're, we're so excited to hear you have any uh, questions or, or additional comments that you want to...
1: Questions. Um, I think, so uh, my, I've got, you know, Avery's going to be in middle school youth group yeah. next year. And I'm thrilled about it. I'm thrilled that she gets to be, you know, in your student ministry, just because I've known you a long time. Um, by the time she's in eighth grade... Um, what would you want an eighth-grade young woman like? Where do you want her to be as you hand her over into mm. Matt's ministry into high school? What can we do as, as parents? As
0: parents, yeah, it's really good
1: to work with you to partner with you in this endeavor.
0: Yeah, so um, that's that's a great question. We um, we're trying to uh, so when when a student comes into, I mean, basically any um. You know, this is middle school, high school, but we believe they're asking, uh, three questions about their identity, right? Um, am I known? Am I loved? And am I seen? I believe are the three questions, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we are, um, through Sunday school youth group events, retreats and, and, and everything, we are trying to provide a framework in which they know and, and believe those true answers about themselves, yeah. um, that they're known. And loved by God and their community at Eastminster and their families that they're, um, seen, that they, um, uh, you know, are, are, um, given room to, to let their, um, growing, um, you know, creative. And, and you know, you said talk about stifling. We, yeah. I, I see middle school, you could, as a place, I think I heard a quote and maybe it's one of your sermons. It was that Chesterton quote. Christianity gives room for good things to run wild. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, that's been my mantra for, for youth group um, is that, yeah. that these—I um, what I guess maybe to help answer it, I would kind of look at the, the opposite side is that I don't mm-hmm. want our kids to come and feel like, okay, I'm going to be spoon-fed information and answers about my faith. I can come and just, you know, I'm you know, forced to do this, but we want to see um, our students like start to embrace their own uh, faith and start to—you uh, know, middle school students— are the it's is the as is the um, most common time where the students start questioning their faith and start having um, doubts mm-hmm. and and we want um, you know the, this time to be a safe place for them to do that and then not to just you know spoon feed them yeah. theologically correct answers or something but then to, to walk alongside them and say let's let's doubt together let's hmm. converse together let's worship together in the midst of hard circumstances and yeah. see if the Lord shows up so. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, uh, in the end, if, uh, this is probably a cop out, but we'd want our students and parents to enjoy the fullness of knowing, loving, becoming like no, Jesus. I mean, absolutely. that is our mission, yeah. um, which we do, we are intentional about, um, making the, the students mission, the mission of Eastminster. It's, it's not, we don't have some separate yeah. Mission because we believe that's that's what God has called Eastminster to and what he's called our students to He's what he's called missions yeah. to. That's that's what we're all uh a part of. So I mean that would be our I think our goal. Yeah. So
1: that's awesome, man. That's good. Yeah, and I think that the critical piece of that is like to to be known and to know yourself because mm. um I think sometimes in an environment like this, uh bigger church, we're big staff, I think sometimes congregation members, the oldest of the youngest of us. Don't know our gifts. They don't. We don't. Right. We don't have the joy of actually like taking risks and growing. And um, if we could get students, and we've seen the the studies, if by eighteen years old, if a child or a young adult does not believe that that church is vital for them and they are vital to the church, like they yeah. they will not see this as valuable for the long run. And so, and I think
0: we've, we we uh-huh. the historically we have focused on let's make the church vital to them. And neglected the, do I see myself as a vital piece of this? And so one of the things like, uh, we really focus on is in the confirmation is connecting students to the full life of the church through yeah. serving in a, in a location, through yeah. going on a trip, you know, mission trip, through um, being in a grow group. I mean, all these things we, we emphasize of saying, what do you bring? One of, uh, um, one thing I try to communicate as much as I can with parents and with, um, you know, just our congregation is that we don't see our students as these like junior members where they've only got, you know, a limited pass to what the church has to offer, but like they are brothers and sisters and they are brought into the full life of the church. They're adopted into, yeah. uh, the, the church. And so, um, to be creative about what that looks like, to yeah. let them take risks and, you know, try new things and, um, I think that's all really,
1: really important. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's good, man. I yeah. can't wait. I, I'm excited for Avery's student ministry experience and yeah. for Ezra, you know, far behind. Because they were vital for Ginger Now, Like, we had a great youth group experience. It yeah. really set us on a good trajectory as young adults. And so I'm excited um, for her days ahead and, and for to be a dad that, you know, sure, I'm on the staff. Sure, I'm your friend, but to be a dad, you know, with other students and to to come alongside, volunteer to help. Yeah. uh, Because this is a critical time uh, for a lot of our people, a lot of our young people. So it's good. Amen. Well, hey, good chats. Uh, yes.
0: I, I've had one question that I've so many people have asked me that I need to ask you. Okay, uh, people have been lining up wanting to bless you with gifts and and such, but they didn't know what to get you to welcome you to Wichita. <laughs> so uh, I'm telling you, man, it's just happening all over the place. Oh. So if yeah. someone wanted to say, "Hey, welcome to Wichita," or "We're glad you're here," yeah. what, what are what are your
1: Thanks. I mean, we we're out and about, so I mean, I I go to Starbucks. I'm a gold card Starbucks guy. Okay. That might sound like really cheesy, because <laughs> there's great coffee shops everywhere, but you can always find a Starbucks. So I'm I'm using Starbucks almost every other day, if not every True. day. Um, I tell you, I mean, Chipotle. I'm kind of like <laughs> you. Starbucks, Chipotle, yeah. that stuff. However, Chipotle was slammed over here one day. We went open up a bank account. Ginger and I did. And like we, there was no way we we're gonna get to Chipotle, so we went to Carlos O'Kelly's, and we miss Carlos O'Kelly's. Like yeah. th- that, I mean, was that not in? Memphis? No, like it's only local. Oh. I think here there might be some others, but okay, like, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, it's so uh, do that. A uh, buddy and I, we go to Old Chicago every now and again because like the chicken, bu- Buffalo chicken rolls. Okay. That might as, like That's just a step below communion, you know? I mean, like, you got your communion, nourishment, and then you've got that. I mean, that stuff's good all stuff. All right. So, so we're just out and about. I don't know. I would like to go to your favorite place. So whatever your favorite place yeah. is. It's like, well, you know, we integrate We enjoy
0: Bricktown. That's, yes. that's the place. But uh, all yeah. right. Well, you heard it here first. Now I, you know, now I know what to, to answer with. So uh, good, man. Well, uh, any last thoughts?
1: I don't know, man. It's Tuesday morning. We're recording this, and so this is about all I got for today. Oh, you got? <laughs> yeah. We got staff meetings to get to. Yeah.
0: Well, we're super uh, stoked to have you on staff. Thanks, Mike. I know we're going to be doing a lot of uh, ministry together, and uh, I'm sure we'll have you on the podcast more. You may be even starting a podcast. Is yeah, that kind that's of right. Yeah. We, it might
1: be, might be cool to get a young adult one where we just take on young adult issues, um, and it's like one place to, as a you know, weekly check in or something like that, a weekly thing where you know events are announced and then like a thought for the week and and whatnot. Um, I also got a couple of podcasts of my own. If people wanted like a daily prayer thing, yes, I, I don't, I don't want to be too thirsty here, but uh, no, there's no. a there's a podcast. Show called, your podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there's one good. called When I Rise. I just take a, a Bible text uh, every day during the weekday, like so it launches like four o'clock in the morning. Just a a scripture text, short reflection, and then a prayer along its theme. So if someone's looking for something to spice up their life for their morning (laughs) devotion, you can try One Hour Rise, give me some feedback, make it better. It's real nice. It's got nice quiet music in the background, yeah, man, you know what I mean? You know, yeah. connects no, you right Nothing there. hectic. Yeah, right. it's, it's good. <laughs> That's it's right. Good start, though. Yeah, yeah. So you can check me out there or the Young Adult Podcast get launched soon. Is the Schlepp still in existence? The Schlepp is... I just haven't put a lot of time. I mean, I was a senior okay. pastor before. You only got, you know, X amount of hours. But I'll get it back going. Like, we're in the middle of a series on the Schlepp. Schlepp is a Yiddish word to carry a burden. Nice. <laughs> and so... Uh, We're taking, there's a book out there on like a major question for each of the centuries of church history. So there's 20 centuries of church history. So we're like in the seventh century when Islam comes into the picture. And so that'll be the next episode at some point when I get to it, maybe this week. But how did the church respond when Islam was Mm -hmm. birthed and really grew exponentially? And I'll just give you like a little, you know, spoiler alert. It's the same way that we're responding to Islam today. Some are like vehemently against it. Um, some are wanting to take up arms against it, and then some are trying to say, maybe we can live side by side, still be dedicated to our own faith, even call the other one you know an anthema, like an error, uh, but, but still have peace with one another. That, that model was already in play 13 centuries ago, Wow! so it's kind of an eye-opening thing. As soon as you can, yeah. So when I rise in the schlepp, you can uh, check it out there. Yeah. Right. So anyway. well, so if that's interesting, do
0: you check out the schlepp? Yeah. Who knows? It's yeah. Who knows? <laughs> but uh, and when I rise, they're on Apple, Apple, Google Play, all the stuff, all the stuff. Yeah. yeah good. Yeah. Good. Yeah, so. um, do want to uh, say a quick word because we are in students uh, launching a new uh, podcast, and it's simply going to be called Car Chats, nice. and. Uh, the idea is this after middle school youth group on a Wednesday night there will be a podcast that rolls out um, that will be mean three to five minutes long and will be it'll be played in your hopefully in your car on your way home and simply be a follow up to the message that evening and then um, I kind of did a test run last week and and it basically we'll have questions you could pause the podcast talk as a family um just hopefully to encourage some some faith conversations (laughs) to go on go on at home so check that out should be rolling out this week all right well it's been great to have you on the show
1: yes thanks man Yeah. yeah all
0: right grace and peace